0: Driving for mediocrity in a world of excellence. This is the Chaser Report.
1: Welcome to another War Stories. This is our summer stunt series here at the Chaser Report. Charles Firth, Dom Knight, with. Chris Taylor, for the very first time. Yes. Taylor,
0: welcome. A very happy new year to you guys. And you can tell you we've all done time on Triple M. Summer stunt series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm loving the alliteration there. You've done your time in Austereo. You, you just need a sting behind that mm. with a bit I of know. a bit of sizzle, we've... a slap of sunscreen, a bit of sausage sizzle or something that says <laughs> yeah. summer as a Bunnings ad. Yeah.
1: I can't <laughs> believe we didn't get a sponsor like Powered by Bunnings. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah,
0: and
2: uh, the best stunt gets $1,000 yeah. every hour. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, the idea is basically we're just gas-bagging about the show we used to make because it's kind of weird when you look back at the detail of what we were able to get away with, how impossible it would be to do it now. Uh, And you did some great stunts, and we'll, we'll talk about some sketches as well. We'll get into that in just a sec.
0: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Yeah, well, it's funny. You're talking to possibly one of two members of the Chaser who was least comfortable with the stunts. Um, And and not only uncomfortable doing them, but also a bit uncomfortable about how much they came to define the show. Mm. Because I think, you know, you guys would know, Andrew Hansen and I, and probably you guys too, Um, you know, we always saw the show as a sketch show. And I don't mean literally a sketch show like, you know, not the 9 o'clock news or, Mm. you know... uh, the D-Gen or something, but but a series of segments Mm. of which stunts were one component. But it it became incredibly apparent, that, particularly amongst a younger audience, Mm. um, which the ABC was incredibly grateful to have and we were incredibly grateful to have, that they were the things that were sort of catching a light. Mm. And in the very early days of YouTube, it was the stunts that were getting shared around. And so those of us that sat in the office in the sort of more traditional sketch quarter and writing Mm -hmm. songs and silly sketches... Sort of. I mean, we were always allowed to get us material through, but we were very aware it was in the public's eyes, at least, mm. mostly second fiddle mm. to the to the sort of big Michael Moore sort of Sasha Baron Cohen style gotchas in the street, or oh, or oh, candid camera. Well, be, well, be. that was. I think that was my other discomfort with it. The, the more the. The chases were and everything went on. But, you know, having co- gone into the show and loved CNNN and just thought that was an amazing show where we created this entire universe. universe. And yeah. it was a really co- conceived show. And it was, it had a, yeah, it had a world, as you say, Charles. And then to sort of go from that into something that at times, <laughs> by, <laughs> by about season two and yeah. season three, was descending into prank show, mm. I I felt a bit uncomfortable, because there's sort of a comedy purist in you that knows it's lazier comedy, just mm. to hassle people in the street, but rather than write a script.
2: Well, wasn't it actually referred to, Was it because I wasn't there towards the end, but it wasn't it, didn't it become referred to as, internally, as the war on receptionists, or, yes. or was yes. that yes. as the That's public? It so? Often it was,
1: no, but it really did become into the, the it got to the point where it was where can you take a silly prop?
0: And we're gonna talk about a
1: stunt called Where Can You
0: Take a Horse? Which is <laughs> a Which which, which came to define, yeah, the in, the internal gag of the, the Chasers Riding Room was every stunt was there were only really two versions of a stunt. So it's where can you take a mm. and that's cracked pepper's an example of that. Where can you take mm. a pepper grinder? And then the other version of it is just doing something that every other sketch comedy show had already done before us, but we did it in the real world. Mm. Yes. So, like, I remember there was one, it's not a particularly well-known one, but Andrew Hansen did this parody of The Bold and the Beautiful, and based on the observation that they always talk, with their backs to each other in every scene <laughs> right, and I'm sure Fast Forward did a thousand sketches making mm. that same observation mm. but mm. The Chaser did it in the mm. real world and for some reason mm. that was an entirely new idea <laughs> yeah. and it was in a way because people's responses were interesting and, mm. and often yeah. the joke and I I often take that particular piece and as I said it's, it's not a memorable piece and Uh, I'd be surprised if Andrew brings it to the table (laughs) on this podcast series. But when I've sort of been asked to talk to, you know, uni students or writing groups, I often take it and and ask them the question, would this be as funny if it was just a sketch, like in Mm. shot in controlled conditions with actors and stuff? And they all say no. They all genuinely believe the laughs in that piece. And Like, if life was a musical, is is the other classic Mm. one. They are just basically songs. Mm. Because they're set in the real world no one really laughs at the lyrics or the mm. the bad choreography. The laughter is in the cutaways of the public response to these mm. us clowns, like, parading around. And, and so I guess m- the tension I always had t- towards the end of the show was are we only getting laughs... Based on doing these things in public, and are, are we getting lazy as comedy writers because we're no? It's no longer based on the strength of the ideas or the script. It's purely about muckraking in public.
2: Mm. I, I must say, I, I reckon part of the delight in seeing those st- stuff done publicly, because as you say, they're often just sketches, mm. but done mm. in front but they of most yeah. of them are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but but part of the delight is the courage, because there's just an extra. Added bonus of seeing of seeing these performers have to do things in front yeah. of yeah. When, it, when it's sort of scary and horrible and and uncontrolled and so little TV actually has that sort of spontaneity built into mm. it
1: and and that's a magical thing about it is I mean I love the stunts as well and the thing that there's something magical about actually doing something in the real world, or in some cases appearing to and not really doing it in the real world. We'll get onto that. But yeah. it's like how with improvised comedy. The fact that you know it's happening in front of you just ratchets up the laugh metre somehow hugely. I don't know what it is, but the there's a, kind of an alchemy. No,
0: yeah, r- r- real is sort of arresting. R- real I- there is a tension, as Charles said, mm. between, oh, I, it, this is an unscripted moment. And I guess it's partly why quote- unquote reality TV is in vogue at the moment it's mm. it, there is something a little bit magical and undefinable about spontaneity in television to the to the extent that any of it is genuinely spontaneous but it, but there are genuine moments and I don't get me wrong the, the, the stunts that sort of punched up and sort of had you know good targets like corporations and politicians I mm. think uh, amongst the chases, you know, really great work that that I think all of us are really proud of. It was those ones where it was just sort of mm. dragging a silly prop around to a receptionist or hassling yes. poor people outside the back of the ABC building. We were so lazy we couldn't <laughs> yeah. even get in a cab Which to go to a suburb th- beyond Ultimo. <laughs> if you if any if any people who want to re-watch these episodes, you'll notice mm. most of it's shot in Chinatown because that's mm. where the ABCs position. Yeah, and we get credit for diversity. We, we got credit just, just laziness. <laughs> we were, oh, yeah. we we're talking about that so funny.
2: on an episode that we did with Chairs about this. We is I went to a lecture like several years later and they went, Oh you know, this is one of the groundbreaking <laughs> Australian shows because it's so multicultural, they just show Asian after Asian. With five after white Asian. guys. <laughs> five white guys on a couch.
0: Well, I mean <laughs> I, I I must admit I actually almost wrestle with the with the opposite thinking that that I think sometimes we knew because confusion was always a very good response f- for some of these stunts like you didn't want anybody to laugh mm. we I think we always felt if people were in on the joke it wasn't as funny yes, so confusion confusion was a desired response and part of me does struggle with the fact we I don't think it was willful or premeditated but part of the reason you do see a lot of migrants for one of a better term in, in a lot of our pieces is they just didn't they didn't have English as a first language they didn't really understand what All we were saying context. to them so mm. we're often, often their bafflement isn't isn't bafflement at the comedy offer it's bafflement genuinely at <laughs> what we're even saying <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like, what, what the hell is going on which and th- I feel a bit uncomfortable about that yeah, there, there are some slights of hand in the editing <laughs> which I, I don't know if Chaz covered um but you know it's certainly not the first show on TV to you know, use mm. lots of hand in editing. But but yeah, it, it, I'm very amused to hear some people thought it was progressive. <laughs> when it, it was mostly just laziness because the office was <laughs> located in that suburb. I, I
1: think now, having had this conversation, Chris, we should just stop. <laughs> 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 no, but they are, look, they are fun to look back at. And I don't know, the thing about it for me is that, I mean, there was a lot of show to fill. This is the thing. There was such a massive amount, you know, 22 minutes a week it doesn't sound like a lot, but sketches take so long to do just a minute of scripting and set up and props and costume and all that kind of stuff. So the stunts were much easier in the sense that you could build something and get a couple of solid minutes out of it. And that's part of why I guess we kept powering them
0: out. Oh, absolutely. They, they, yeah, they were, I did they were... enjoy
1: some of yours. Uh, there was some that, that I think only you could have done um, <laughs> despite your discomfort. And I mean, the cracked pepper one was possibly the most famous thing in the entire series. And, it's just something about the way you deliver that line uh, that makes it funny. I don't know what it is. I the, was up all night learning my lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. pompous yet intrusive tone.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's very hard to explain why that piece is popular. I mean, C- it's based re- on. A s- can you remember the line? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, salt? No. No. Uh, it, I mean, that was based on a very simple and probably not particularly original observation that back then you don't tend to get it as much these days. I think you killed it. (laughs) Do you think I had influence (laughs) and scared every waiter? But back in the – when do we make the show? Early mid-noughties, mid – and I guess even in the 90s, anyone who was around then and dined in – dine in restaurants. Mm-hmm. They, waiters did always come, regardless of cuisine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah, for your dessert. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with a giant pepper grinder and offer you cracked pepper. <laughs> and it was... I, th- I can't even remember. <laughs> the premise was, oh, imagine if they did that in places other than restaurants. <laughs> I mean, it's not <laughs> even a comic premise. It, it's sort of surrealism, if, mm-hmm. if that's not too pretentious. It's sort of taking something out of context. So it's taking a prop that we know from restaurants and taking it to pools and basketball courts and churches and just on the assumption that everyone everywhere might want mm. cracked pepper <laughs> or want it as little as people in restaurants wanted. And I think that was it. <laughs> You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Chaser Report. News you know you can't trust. But the first clip I brought in is is entirely the same premise. I think most of mine were. But instead of um, a pepper grinder, it was, where can you take a horse Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, you got a table for two? Yeah, yeah. Outside, you mean outside? No, no, no I prefer to, it's raining, so can we... can't bring a horse inside? No. Hey, are we right to bring the horse in? Excuse
2: me, you
0: have to let a You don't, like, let horses in the shopping centre? Well, that's just horses, in, isn't
1: it? Just move, please. Oh, horses. Move, please. It's not too
0: could get one on the bus. Hey, Dan, I was here to see Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. we took one to yeah. the see movies the, the, the Greater Union on Georgetown. horse. <laughs> <laughs> just need to get a loan. we speak to anyone about a loan? Rocky's keen to get a new stable. Right. The horse was called Rocky and we took him to St George Bank. We took him into a record shop. And then a bottle okay. shot. Rocky, sorry. He's got a drinking problem. It's the bottle shot. I mean, again, speaking to our laziness, Rocky. this was all done within 500 metres of the ABC offices around Baltimore and Camperdown Rocky, not Rocky. Rocky, you're in a bar now. You behave. Do you have any, like, hay or um, any horse food or something? All right. Sorry about this. He just—he he hasn't eaten for a while. Okay. Well, we'll get Rocky out of here next time, maybe. i will start again. Thank God, because you always need an out for these pieces. It, 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 it's just been—the horse was actually disappointingly well behaved in most of the <laughs> shops, but finally we got him into a sort of a convenience store, a grocery shop, where he started like just messing all the items off the shelves and we got we got a something of an out look it was fun i actually genuinely like horses and from memory the we always tried to create a loose premise for these and craig often made fun of me that you know i i used to read you know like pompous magazines like harper's from new york and we always had it was basically highbrow odd spot you know, like all their first sort of the section, front section of like the Harper's Index were always just sort of very niche stats about things that often did actually create a germ of an idea. And this was based on an idea that um, pet owners were generally campaigning in America for greater. Sort of greater human privileges for their pets, but of course it was, <laughs> they were just talking about dogs, dogs yeah. and cats. And I thought, well, what if you own a horse? <laughs> Why can't you take it to the movies with you? So I think that was sort of the the slender premise. The reason I brought this one to the table, I, I guess it's not only emblematic of the sort of <laughs> you know mm-hmm. the where can you take a genre, but it was it's the most heart in mouth shoot um, I've ever done. Oh, really? I still have nightmares. Um, about an aspect of that shoot that is not in the final edit because it was just so horrendous. I can't remember this. What oh, happened? You, well, Charles, you probably weren't around no, for I wasn't. me and we would have yeah, kept you in the happen. dark. <laughs> Dom, I'll jog your memory because it was so sad. One of the places... wasn't Well, you be the judge. Uh, one of the places we took uh, Rocky the horse was Sydney's oldest church which is on Broadway, it's a slither of a theme, sort of sandwiched between two mm. youth hostels or something, but there's this gorgeous Sandstone church. Just quite near central. Near yeah. central, I think yeah. Edmund Blackett was the architect. Is this who did Church it? St. Lawrence? Uh, yes, thank you, we've got a theologian <laughs> on the podcast. I didn't know the name yeah. of the church, but he was, um, we, we took Rocky in there, and it was just not good. Like... His who? It was all there was, um, it was very shiny marble tiles, (gasps) and none of us on the shoot put two and two together, realizing that that wouldn't be a good surface for a horse. Mm. Um, he'd he'd been so excellent all day, like we'd we'd given him, you know, he'd been in banks, he'd been in cinemas, he'd been in bottle shops. Um, he was pissed probably by this time of the (laughs) stage of the shoot, but. And I think we just got overconfident that he was a very well-trained horse and could handle anything. But the minute we got him into this church aisle made of marble, and there was no carpet down, it was just pure, very expensive marble, probably laid by convicts. It was the original (laughs) Sydney church. Mm. And he was slipping everywhere. The horse starts to do the splits, oh. like in that kind of way that you think, "Shit, mm. have we got a post Melbourne Cup situation yeah, on yeah, our hands?" Yeah. Where's <laughs>
2: the green curtain? Where's, the curtain? Where's
0: my rifle? <laughs> and it was, oh, it, it was, it was like time just stopped as the horse cannot get traction on this yeah. on these yeah. tires. He's just slipping terribly, and. We had a, um, a first AD who was on that shoot, and normally on these shoots we had very lean crews. It was just normally the cameraman and the and the chaser. Um, but because I guess we were wrangling a big horse, we had no animal trainer, but we did have a first AD called Rod Oliver, who's worked with us for years. A lovely, lovely guy and very very capable. Not a horse whisperer <laughs> though, <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, yeah. but sort of reads the situation and works out that reversing the horse is probably our best. Like, the more he went forwards, mm. the more he just slipped. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. can't describe it more than other than doing... Yeah,
1: no. We, we've all har- seen the sideways
0: displayed thing. It's, it's yeah, it's of like displayed. It happens you know,
1: in cartoons, but in reality... It's that. Oh. And you just they break their legs, you got to put them down, right? That's the stakes for the horse. That's
0: all we're thinking and all we're seeing in our head. But Rod somehow, I just... We didn't even manoeuvre the horse, you know, with our hands or anything. We just sort of stopped its passage going forward and encouraged it to go backwards and thank god somehow reversing was less slippery for the for the horse but in the process of reversing out of this incredibly old incredibly precious church he completely damaged all these tiles all these marble oh my stones god and and so we're now thinking okay we've saved the horse yeah we hope But we've suddenly got a very serious situation (laughs) in terms of... The
1: day the chaser
0: desecrated a church. (laughs) Uh, It was always going to happen at some point. (laughs) And and of course, you know, like all these... We we hadn't asked permission to be in the church. I'd just gone into the church. And I think Christianity possibly not to their credit, has an open-door policy. Yeah, they offer (laughs) salvation to all. Come in and we will will provide shelter. Um, They might have rethought that (laughs) since the chasers started taking animals in there. But, I mean, serious damage. There were, like, cracks and they were splitting and uprooting these tiles. And all we're thinking is how expensive is this going to be to repay? Like, we totally owned it and we made sure we found the Hmm. uh, parishioner, not the parishioner, the priest or whoever... (laughs) Whoever lives in the church. So when we came to put the piece together, it was always a real bittersweet one for me because I Mm. I enjoyed my day with Rusty. And it is a cute kind of piece about, you know, a bloke taking his horse around the city. But all I could think of was, oh, A, we almost killed the horse. And B, I've probably cost taxpayers (laughs) (laughs) through the ABC a a fortune. (laughs) Uh, No one ever... Yeah. Told me the bill. It was all kept a bit hush hush. Mm. We did pay for it, and I think the church was even quite sweet about it. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> not so sweet as to say don't worry about it, but, yeah. but kind of a mates trade or something. It wasn't like, yeah, I don't know why,
1: but I um, think if you run a church these d- these days, anybody coming in who doesn't normally go there is a is a, is a went- yeah yeah basically. right. So they,
0: maybe that was the deal. They go, yeah. well, well, meet you halfway on the on the damage bill. <laughs> If you come every next sun, <laughs> every Sunday <laughs> for the next two years, yeah. So it was it's sort of an example of a lot of these. I mean, some of the—I always say about these chaser stunts, the ones that look dangerous generally weren't.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and the ones that look benign and quite cuddly had horrific things <laughs> going. Yeah. Like I remember Chaz doing one. I don't know if you spoke about it. It was a very soft piece, and I don't mean comedically soft, but it was a—it was yeah. not an in-your-face piece. About pokies in pubs, and our idea was, well, why should you only have pokies next to live musicians in pubs? Pokies should be next to live musicians everywhere. Mm. Um, so Q Chase are bringing pokies next to buskers all mm. around, all around the city streets, and. You know, a very soft sort of offer, Mm. just playful with buskers. But one of them, this is a Chaz piece, one of them just took it badly and threatened Chaz with a knife or something. Mm. Yeah, that's right. He
1: said, and and the the kicker was, Chaz explained who he was, and the guy went, oh, I know who you are. (laughs) Oh, so he had cause. No, Chaz Chaz,
2: Chaz went, I'm candid camera, I'm candid Candid Camera." camera. Yeah, and he went. No, your chance from the chaser. Right. I know who you are, and I'm going to kill you.
0: <laughs> that was, wow! Yeah, yeah. So, but it, yeah. but it, that's the one I always cite with you know something you'd think you wouldn't yes. need any no, no, security for it at all.
2: It's a friendly offer. It's yeah. it's basically saying you know we support you and the fact that you've been checked out of pubs because have replaced you. It was like a pro
0: musician you. offer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so similarly with Rusty uh, – not Rusty, Rocky, sorry. <laughs> I'm so disrespectful, I can't <laughs> even remember the horse I nearly killed's name. Um, Are you yeah. sure he didn't kill Rocky and have to bring in Rusty <laughs> to complete the show? <laughs> you know, yeah. But, look, Rocky, Rocky was fine. So, But, yeah, the church wasn't. And mm. so – was probably, probably the better result of d- the two. If you had to fuck up one, yeah. I oh, think yeah. we'd all agree we'd rather yeah. fuck up some old marble tiles yeah. than a horse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I like to think the Holy yeah. Spirit saved that horse.
2: They <laughs> probably had insurance for if a horse walks into your church and breaks your
0: tiles. Like yes, it.
1: also, I mean... Edmund Blackett's the one to blame. Surely, mm. in that day and age, you would have had a horse-proof church.
0: Yeah, come on, least, Edmund. At least donkey-proof. How many nativity reenactments <laughs> would that church have done every Christmas, recreating Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem? Mm. Surely, they'd design tiles that could withstand <laughs> horseshoes and donkey shoes. I, I don't know if it, I sort of I haven't seen it for a long time since just then. It's. It just feels gentle to me. I, but I seem to recall... Oh, he
2: got a huge result. Yeah, very yeah, It's
1: just the notion of having a horse where a horse shouldn't be. Because, I mean, Andrew Denton always was in favour of the big prop. The first time we met mm. him, um, it was one of the early days we met Denton was actually going to a pub where he was launching his Sydney Olympic uh, uh, props. That's right. Which were like, there was a giant syringe and... Right. I can't remember what they all were, but it's just basically these very expensive giant um, doping props that Triple M had paid for. And that was his style. And he trained us to the, the bigger the better. And a horse is a very
0: big prop, Chris. You horse is big. It. And I guess the, the change-up, if, if, if there was any evolution to be charted here, was that the prop was alive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rather, than, rather than a foam object. But um, I was also wondering, Chris, did you get that idea from
1: – you know how in university days there are all these weird regulations people to talk about and like – if you took a horse to an exam, a the try. university had to provide stabling and straw and stuff. And if you went to certain bridges, the the government had to provide, I don't know, a bowl of water or oats or something. There are all these old horse laws that still are on the books. Is that where this came no, from? No, it did.
0: As I said, it's sort of, it was more just something I'd read about... In general increased rights for pets mm. and in- increased access yeah. for, for pets. And I think my exaggeration was just to treat a horse as a mm. pet, which it would be for many rural people, mm. um, not so much urban people. But you're right, Tom. Yeah, there, there are laws about, you know, if you have a horse yeah. in Michigan, you've got to pull over in a car or
2: something. Uh, no, but also you've got to give it water. I think that's – isn't that true? Yeah, even there's here, all these weird you, ones in London. I remember reading them out on radio once, these absurd old horse laws. If horse you stuff. turn up in a pub with a horse – they have to give the horse water or something. Right,
1: with milk or yeah. something. Or, yeah, yeah, there's all these things. Andrew, <laughs> Hansen,
0: Andrew Hansen had a theory that, and still does, that I'm obsessed with horses. And <laughs> I, I must admit, of all the animals, I do find there is something comical about horses. So, And you'll often notice there are a lot of horses in... A lot of the stuff I wrote, not always live horses, although there were plenty of those, and the poor production team was always, it was like, they often called me, like, referred to me as Noah because there was always a different <laughs> pair of animals I was wanting to bring into the show each week. Which which um, animal has Chris not recently almost killed in a shoot? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think we've learned something in this episode. Do not bring your horse to church. <laughs> Thanks very much, Chris. We'll catch you next time here on the Summer Edition of The Chaser Report.
2: Our gear is from Rode Microphones, and we
1: are part of the ACAST Creator Network. And we're doing one of these every day in January. See ya.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus...